Recorded live. Jeremiah Live Bible Study. And we're doing Jeremiah Chapter 3 Review and Questions. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we go through Jeremiah Chapter 3. Now remember, we have these studies on TalkShoe. If you want to restudy Jeremiah 3 or any of these chapters, go to TalkShoe and you can find them. So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 3 review first. In chapter 3, God is showing us how merciful he is and forgiving. God does not hold a grudge. Jesus said in Matthew, God won't forgive you if you don't forgive others first. Now, it's very interesting that Jesus said that. You see, once saved, always saved, is proven wrong. Let's take a look at what Jesus was saying, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. When you receive the gift of faith, does God require you to go and forgive everyone before the blood of Jesus pays for your past sins? No. It happens automatically. You become a new person. Your past sins are covered under the blood. But after... You, if you don't forgive others for what they do to you, your future sins will not be paid for by the blood of Jesus. God does not hold a grudge, and he doesn't want you to either. So the question is, do you hold grudges? Now, Jesus and Matthew was talking about the brethren and he's talking about holding a grudge against those that are a part of the kingdom of heaven, mostly. But, hey, if you holding a grudge or you don't forgive somebody for something, they don't have to ask you for forgiveness. You have to forgive them, no matter what they've done to you, whether they're a believer or an non-believer. God doesn't hold a grudge, and he doesn't want you to either. So remember, if you don't forgive someone for what they've done against you, then God won't forgive your future sins. Interesting, isn't it? So in Jeremiah 3, we see that in the beginning there, God was talking about all the bad things that Israel was doing, all the idolatry, all the stuff. They were going after all kinds of other gods and worshiping them. And God didn't say, oh, I'm mad at you and you can't come back, or I won't forgive you for doing that. No, God doesn't hold a grudge. He just wanted them to turn back to him. In Jeremiah chapter 3, God also shows us that he 
punishes Israel to get their attention. That's right. But as we see in Jeremiah, Israel didn't see the punishment of God as a punishment from God for what they were doing. So they continued to break the commandments of God. They just thought it was something that happened in life, one of those things. So same thing applies to believers. God will punish you if you're off the path. If you're not following Jesus and what he taught us to do, then yes, your life is going to have punishment in it. And yes, it is from God trying to get your attention. The false doctrine of some churches has believers thinking that God is only a loving God and doesn't punish believers for sinning anymore. But God does punish believers who are sinning by keeping his spirit away from them so they stay spiritually confused. Have you ever wondered why some of the brethren continue to believe false doctrine even when you've gone and talked to them? I'm not talking about non-believers here. I'm talking about the brethren. You go and show them things and you explain things to them and you try to help them. You ever wonder why they continue to believe their false doctrine even though you've showed them the truth? They can't see it. It's because the Spirit of God has left them. No, the Spirit of God does not stay and dwell with sinners. Those that are off the path of God will have the Spirit of God removed from them. So you can tell them till you're blue in the face the truth, but they can't hear you. It's a punishment of God. How God punishes believers today is by removing the spirit from them. They can't hear the truth. So ultimately, in the end, what's going to happen is Jesus is going to reject them. That will be their ultimate punishment, you see. But once they're off the path, what happens is they're not protected by God anymore or the spirit of God is not dwelling them anymore so the flesh has access to them and if the flesh has access to you guess what Satan has access to you and that's why they go down a bad path in Jeremiah chapter 3 God also shows us that he sends prophets and warns and he keeps sending them God sees the evil being done by his people and all he wants is for them to stop sinning. That's it. He warns them, he warns them, he warns them. He sends people back in the time of Israel. He sent many prophets today as believers to churches, to groups, to people. He sends others that show them the truth on Facebook. There's a lot of that that goes on. You have people that share the truth about what the Bible really says and not what the nonsense that the church teaches. And you're warned and and God brings them into your sphere of influence here on Facebook. And guess what? You don't 
listen to them just like Israel didn't listen to their warnings from the prophet. Jeremiah chapter 3 also tells us God doesn't accept trying to do what he wants. God considers that treachery. You understand? It isn't God doesn't say, come as you are. That nonsense that they teach at churches. No, God doesn't want you to come as you are. He wants you to come with the Spirit of God leading you so that he can use you to do the works of the kingdom. Israel was sinning. Judah saw Israel sinning and how God punished the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah sinned like Israel even though they saw the punishment of God. But guess what? They pretended, you know, sort of came back to following the law of Moses and what God had told them to do, trying to trick God into thinking that they were turning back to him. Kind of, sort of, in a way, in some things, not everything, you see, and God considers that treachery. You see, churches today tell believers, as long as you're trying to be good, God accepts you, but God doesn't accept you. He also doesn't use you to do his work. Make sure you're following Jesus and not your church. You understand that's what's being said. That's pertaining to believers. Jeremiah chapter 3 also tells us God wants Israel to admit sinning against him. Oh, yes. That's what God requires of those that are considered his people. Not only Israel, but the body of Christ. God also says it doesn't have to be the whole nation. That's an interesting little thing, isn't it? See, in Jeremiah, it teaches us if it's just one or two people in Israel, then that's fine with God. He'll make sure that they're taken care of. If they admit they're sinning and follow God's law, he will bring people to them so they can know what God expects from them. See, if it's been taught to the children of Israel by their elders and by their elders taught them that for generations they didn't have the truth, that they had been taught the wrong stuff. And God understands that. He doesn't hold you responsible for being taught the wrong stuff. And that's what had happened with Israel. They didn't know any different. They didn't really know what God wanted them to do. But God provided them a way of acknowledging that they weren't following God. They don't know what God wants. They weren't following God. But they want to follow God. So what God said that he would do in Jeremiah chapter 3 was bring people to them so that they would understand what God wants them to do. 
Believers, this applies to you. Admit you're not following the way of Jesus, and God will bring people to you that will show you the way of Jesus. It's called discipleship. Jesus discipled his followers. He showed them, taught them what he wanted them to do, how he wanted them to act, how they were supposed to act, and that was their example. You see, if you're following your church, you're not following Jesus because I haven't found a church, not one yet, that completely follows Jesus. God wants you to acknowledge you're going the wrong way, and then he's going to bring people around you to show you the right way, the way of Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 3 talks about a new covenant, an interesting part in Jeremiah 3, in about the middle of the chapter. There's a new covenant. The act of the covenant is done away with. You see, that God was going to bring about that would replace the law of Moses. That's what was in the law of Moses. The old covenant, the law, all the things that God had done for Israel and all the stuff that God had placed in the Ark of the Covenant to remind them of their trip in the wilderness, that God had chosen Aaron to be the priest. You see, that was all in the Ark of the Covenant, plus the manna that um, that God fed them while they were in the, the wilderness But you see, in Jeremiah chapter 3, it shows us that the Ark of the Covenant is going to not be there. It's not going to be part of the plan. That was the flesh plan for Israel. And so, in order for them to get connected to God, there's going to be a change that occurs. It's going to be a new covenant. And as Jesus told you, he is the new covenant. His blood is the new covenant. So we know that change occurred with Jesus as the Lamb of God. So the Old Testament does confirm that God was going to change the way he was doing things. Flesh Israel had a purpose. They had a reason. God was showing us something and he was showing Israel something, but there's a different way that he was, that was going to come about. Jeremiah 3 tells us one day that new covenant will control the world. Oh, yeah, that was future. It didn't happen when Jesus arrived on earth, became the Lamb of God, overcame death. Jesus doesn't control the world. But in Jeremiah 3, it's talking about future events that would occur when Jesus actually comes back to earth, sets up his kingdom on earth, and yes, under the new covenant, which of course is connected to him. Now remember, Satan copies what God does so that he can deceive the believers. So that's why Satan's going to show up in Jerusalem as God to take over the world completely. He's going to have the Antichrist already here, and he's going to have his fallen angels, 
and he's going to take the position of God the Father. And that, of course, is going to be to fool believers. In the future, Jeremiah 3 tells us, the world will see that Israel has turned back to God in our shame for what they had done. Jeremiah chapter 3 tells us that God will be called Father by his people. See, there's a change in the relationship between God and his people. See, Israel, he was God. He was an untouchable, unapproachable, powerful being that they weren't worthy except a very few, to even talk to or approach or that he would talk to. But Jesus made it so that God wasn't only approachable, but that you would now be considered his child and he would be your father. A very close relationship where you could actually talk to him because of Jesus. One day Israel, Jeremiah 3 tells us, will see the error of their way and that they know now about Yahshua, the Son of God. They will know they had been taught for generations not to obey what God was saying. Believers, we know this will occur during the thousand years of teaching not only for Israel, but for believers who became goats. And because they stopped following Jesus and doing what Jesus showed them to do, Jesus will reject them. Are you following Jesus? Or are you following some church and what they tell you to do? Now we're going to do the questions. Now understand the questions. I'm just giving you the questions. This is for you, personal study with God to answer these questions concerning Jeremiah chapter 3. Does God want Israel back even after all the different gods she worshipped? Does idolatry only affect the person committing it? How does God punish those that commit idolatry? Do they know when God is punishing them? What did God show Jeremiah in the time of Josiah? Did Israel turn against God first? Did Judah see what Israel was doing? Why did God destroy Israel as a nation? Did Judah learn from the punishment God had given to Israel? Can you sort of turn to following God? What does God think about you at least trying to do some good and follow some of his laws? What did God tell Jeremiah to tell Israel about himself? What does God want? What will happen to those that turn back to following God? What changes is God going to put 
into place. Where will the throne of God be? What things will be different in the city where the throne is? Will Israel be together as a, again as a nation? What will Israel call Yahweh in the future? What two things has Israel done? Only who can save Israel? Will Israel be ashamed for what it has done one day? What will they find out one day? Now some of the review answered some of those questions and some didn't. You'll have to do it on your own. And that completes Jeremiah Live Bible Study.